You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. My buddy, Dr. History. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Zab. How you doing today? I'm not bad. Um, are you ready for Thanksgiving? You know, we're getting that way. Got a big old turkey thawing out in the fridge, and uh, yeah, it's looking good. Oh, you're out in the fridge? The, well, not, I put the oh, turkey the there. Other the turkey. other turkey. I see, I see. He's I'm sorry. out there. Yep. Um, where are we now? 110 countries? 110 countries, about 400,000 hits. And wow. They keep listening. They keep listening. They keep coming on. Crank your mic up just a little touch over How's there. That? you go. Okay. Uh, let's see. What did we talk about last week? I forgot. Uh, I gave you a homework assignment, and I can't remember what it was. No, I didn't have one last week. Oh, well, I'll give you one for this next <laughs> okay. week. What are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, you think of all the things that took place in uh, the Old West. One of the things that really bridged the gap from the East to the West was the railroad. Yeah, absolutely. And what an amazing uh, amount of work that went into this, the labor, the surveyors, the, you know, the, the, the sa- surveyors who really picked the route were oh kind of like latter-day Lewis and Clark types, you know, in the wilderness. And, I mean, they were attacked by Indians. They, they lived off the land, you know. And then, of course, the, the workers after that, uh, the Chinese workers, uh, a lot of the people that were out of work, you know, uh, came to work and, and were good workers, the Chinese especially. What was the incentive pay-wise to go to work for the railroad? laying the track you know i don't have the figures on what they paid them but i think back then you know if you had a work a job you were lucky yeah but just to dog, have a job you worked oh yeah they i mean coming from the west especially through those tunnels yeah i mean there were like 13 tunnels and the bridges and i mean it was dangerous hard hard work oh absolutely so and i don't know how many people really actually died during all that with the blasting and the uh, dynamite and one thing or another but you know, in 1839, or 1859, uh, if you can picture this, in Council Bluffs, Iowa, just across the Missouri River, in Omaha, a politician from the neighboring state of Illinois, good old Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. went to make a speech. Well, in the audience was a guy named, named Granville Dodge, and that's one of our main guys that we're going to talk about. 28 years old, but he was actually a railroad engineer. Right. Well, when he had finished... Uh, uh, Lincoln sat down with, with Dodge, and they began to talk. And uh, he said, Dodge, what's the best route for the Pacific Railroad to the west? And he instantly replied, from this town out, uh, the Platte Valley, along the North Platte River. Right. Well, the route of the 42nd parallel was the most practical and economic for building the railroad, which made Council Bluffs the logical point for beginning, because mm-hmm. they had a lot of railroads east of there. Right, right. But uh, because of the uniform grade along the Platte River all the way to the Rocky Mountains, uh, and Lincoln went on with his questions until he had gathered from Dodge all the information that he thought he needed. 
to, to push this. So the Transcontinental Railroad had been talked about, promoted, uh, encouraged for years. People kept talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was true even though the railroads in the first decades of existence were rickety. They ran on poorly laid tracks. They gave bone-crushing bump bump on the cars as they you know they chugged along they could be stopped by a series of brakemen and actually what they did is they had one brakeman on top of each car really and they that's how they stopped a train whoa 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 whoa! they didn't just have a cord that went to the front uh, engine nope and each car had to stop on its own right with the guy up on top what if that guy fell asleep he, he would be in trouble from the guy in front and behind oh, but my. Uh, so what they had to do is they had to turn a wheel which was connected to a, a device that put pressure on the wheels to slowly stop well, it. Well, there again, on the other side of the coin, if they turn one inadvertently, couldn't they jam up the whole works? Yeah. I mean, you got to, and then you got to know left from right, right? I would assume. I mean, which way is stop and which way is go? Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> now, do I turn it to the left to tighten <laughs> yeah. it or do I turn it to the right? Yeah, which way are we going here? <laughs> so you hoped you had guys that were on, uh, on the ball there, but yeah. the cars were too hot in the summer. They were too cold in the winter, unless you were sitting by the stove which you, then generally you were too hot. Yeah, but didn't they catch on fire occasionally? Yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. The, the seats were wooden benches uh, set at 90-degree angles that, you know, it, it was miserable to sit on. Your knees, 90 your degrees back. is straight up and down. Well, 90 degrees uh, like this. Sideways. Oh, I see, the, I see, yeah. I see. So, but, uh, and there was no food until the train stopped at a station uh, when you had about maybe 15 or 20 minutes to try to get something from somebody along the road. What about maybe having to go to the bathroom? (laughs) Well, that could be an issue. They may have had facilities. I see. Facilities. (laughs) Facilities. Facilities. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the boiler in the engine was fired by wood, which led to sparks, which sometimes, often, flew back into a car and set the whole thing on fire. This is not good. No. no. You bought a first class ticket but it isn't worth a darn no not if you're uh, burning up from the rear uh, forward I, i'm or, glad well that's kind of a bad <laughs> thing you just said but <laughs> i know you'd hope you were on the front i don't know the front car or the back car okay I don't know. go ahead you're in a hole go I ahead and keep so, digging hey, now the other bad thing is bridges could catch fire and burn too holy they were i never thought about that yeah. that that's where the saying came burn your bridges burn your bridges yeah, yeah. now the locomotives uh, you know accidents were common sometimes they killed or wounded everybody on the train. What do you mean killed or wounded? What are they doing? Uh, I mean, they just crashed. They, oh. You know, some for whatever reason. But Not easy to tip one back up and keep going, is <laughs> no. it? No. Okay. But the locomotives put forth so much smoke, too, that the downwind side of the tracks on the cars was less desirable, and it generally was on the poorer side of town, thus the phrase, the wrong side of the tracks. Really? That's where that came from. Oh, I thought it referred to something else. Well, okay. Well, we will go to that. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, you know, people wanted a transcontinental railroad, and this was because it was absolutely necessary to bind the country together. And further, it was possible uh, because the train technology was getting better. They were Oh, they, really? They, they were weren't improving. burning them all up. No. Oh. But the locomotives were getting faster, safer, more powerful. The cars became more comfortable, and, of course, that's what you see on TV. You know, uh-huh. the nice old western. Yeah, and they hardly ever moved in the seat. I mean, they weren't oh, yeah. jiggled at all. Yeah, just a little. So yeah. this might be yeah. a good place for a break, Zeb, if you want to. Why? you got to go find I the gotta facility? Have a drink. <laughs> okay. 
All right, let's tell everybody again about Minicasha Sales with old Zach and the rest of the crew. All your carpet and vinyl needs, and of course, oh, by the way, too, they got all the Tartar Farm and Ranch gates and panels for everybody in the livestock and horse business. They've got the best right there. Where are they located? Thought you'd never ask. Right across from the airport in Burley, 1321 East Main Street, Minicasha Sales. Number to call for more information, 878-2091. Open 8 to 430 Monday through Friday. Zach and the rest of the crew serving you at Minicasha Sales. And now back to the burning train. All right, here we go. Uh, you know, the American engineers uh, actually said this. They said, where a mule can go, I can make a locomotive go. Oh, really? Now, that sounds pretty brave to yeah, me, because yeah. so, I've seen where mules can go. Yeah. But anyway, uh, anyway, America was ready for the railroad. It gave Americans the confidence to expand and take in land. Uh, the railroad promised Americans that... You know, towns, cities, and industries could be put down anywhere as long yeah. as they tied to the rest of the of the trail of the rail. And you know, in the old west, if a town did not have a railroad, a lot of times they just pretty much dried up. They dried up. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of the end. But it was the a big boom for those where the train uh, railroad did come into. Did they test the tracks after these guys had laid the track to make sure the train going north wasn't going to end up going south? You know, I think in the beginning when they built this, it was they were in such a hurry to just get it laid, and they they moved really fast. Really, but uh, especially on the flat stuff, you know. But uh, I think uh, after they got it laid originally, I think they had to go back and redo some things that uh-huh. weren't quite maybe up to standard. And tip the choo-choo trains back up. Right, on. I see. Yeah. So the wooden bridge and wooden trestle was invented by Leonardo da Vinci in the 16th century. The same guy we know. Yeah, and he put and, they, and put to use for railroads, railways by American engineers beginning in 1840. No kidding. Now there was a, a thing called the Howard Truss. Oh really? And it was invented. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Okay. And now, You're talking about trains. Trains. Oh, yes. Okay. Invented by an American using bolts, washers, and nuts and rods, and actually it was pretty ingenious. Because it allowed for the shrinkage of the timber in the bridge, uh-huh. as it you know would shrink. So anyway, you're on your own. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you carry the ball. Go I'm ahead. struggling here. Yeah, I know you are. Anyway, it had parts that connected in such a way that they were able to bear the weight of the railroad of, oh. the, of the trains. We're and still talking about trains. Yeah, still we? talking about trains. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, so Granville Dodge, obviously, uh, wasn't the only engineer who did surveying on the west side of the Missouri River. But he envisioned and convinced Lincoln that the Transcontinental Railroad should be on a road running almost straight out of the 42nd parallel from Omaha alongside the Platte River until it reached the Rocky Mountains and then over the mountains to meet the railroad coming east from California. Really? So with help from others, Dodge and Lincoln inaugurated the greatest building project of the 19th century. And again, you just think of the labor. And again, if I was coming from the west to the east, I wouldn't want to have been on that crew. No. Because you're talking mountains and rivers. and You mean the east to the west? Well, either one. But oh. going, going west, there was more flat ground. Why yeah. would there be more flat ground than coming from the west? Uh, I just thought the prairies and the plains, you know. Well, yeah, but you're going to be on the same route, aren't you? <laughs> well, eventually. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're really trying to mix me up today. Okay, so uh, anyway, Lincoln's first uh, question to Dodge was, the best route for a Pacific Railroad 
was uh, next to slavery, the foremost question in his mind. He was actually Lincoln was one of the great railroad lawyers in the West. I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of interesting uh, how he got involved with that, but. The American future really was hitched on this new thing to conquer the distance, you know, from the continent, which is so big. And, and there were bountiful farmlands that were waiting for immigrants to turn the soil. But without railroads or rivers, there's no way to move products of any size from the territories in the West to the markets on the East. Wouldn't you have liked to have been with the Corps of Engineers when they surveyed the tracks and they ran up against the Rockies and they looked up and said, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> Houston. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Lincoln actually was a gifted pilot on Western Rivers, and I didn't know that either, uh, and eager to build canals. Well, you make him sound like he was Superman. Well, he was pretty good. He was a oh. good guy. So, anyway, uh, he wanted railroads more than he wanted canals because, obviously, canals have their limitation. Well, sure, they run out yeah, of water. On water, yeah, yeah, and you can't do that. There but, you go. Anyway, by 1835, railroad fever had swept America. It was inevitable in a country. What year was this? 1835. And Lincoln was back doing stuff there? Yeah. I don't. Back then. Oh, he couldn't have been. So he was a young man. Well, I would say. Yeah. But it was inevitable in a country this big with so many immigrants coming in, creating a desperate need for transportation. And despite the limitations of the first trains, their cost, their unproved capabilities, their dangers, everyone wanted one. And railroads were planned, financed, and laid through the east and over the mountains. But by 1840, nearly 3,000 miles of track had been laid in the United States, uh, already more than Europe had. Really? Yeah, but it was mostly in the east. Well, it was pretty much all in the east. So many people and so much land and the locomotive was improving year by year. And along with the track and passenger and freight cars, trains, as I said, were getting faster, safer, easier to build. And by 1850, the lantern, the cowcatcher, brakes, skill of the engineers and more improvements made a transcontinental railroad pretty much reasonable. Really? Yeah. So now Pennsylvania, with enormous deposits of coal and iron, had more rail manufacturers than all of England. Now, I don't know if you've ever ridden a bullet train, Zeb. Have you ever ridden? Once, yeah. 200 miles an hour, just a smooth... Yeah, uh, well, not this one was Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the one, I've been on a couple of them, uh, just so smooth, you just feel like yeah. you're just gliding. But uh, anyway, the key to the evolution of the American Railroad uh, I was, was on Amtrak, and it wasn't that either. It wasn't good. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was the engineers. Now, the engineers were there to build a transcontinental railroad as they built so many tracks, curves, and bridges by the beginning of 1850. And again, Lincoln was a big uh, proponent. He was really pushing this. He could really see into the future, couldn't he? He, he really could. Uh, you know, he was a leader uh, how to establish their first uh, state railroad regulations. Now, really? that's something you probably wouldn't normally think about, but what was the responsibility of a railroad to occupants of the lands adjoining the track, next to the track? What was a railroad's relationship with passengers and shippers? Uh, who should regulate the affairs between stockholders and directors? These and a whole bunch of other questions kept Lincoln involved as he became uh, a scholar and was one of the foremost railroad lawyers in the West. And it's still good property to buy on a Monopoly board, too. <laughs> it is. That's a good one. But, okay, so here we are up to 1857. Now, this isn't, uh, you know, this is, we're moving along here. But Oh, we're scooting. <laughs> anyway, uh, he was thus the national, natural choice to argue one of the most important cases about railroads. Now, this is kind of an interesting case here. The Rock Island Bridge Company had built the first bridge across the Mississippi River. Yeah. 
okay, for the Chicago, Rock Island, and Pacific Railroad. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, it was meant to uh, be able to cross uh, its north side rivers with railroad tracks. But then something happened. A ste- oh, boy. steamboat ran into one of the Rock Island's piers. Doggone boat. The boat was set on fire, burned up. The owner sued the bridge company. Uh, so things weren't looking good. But anyway, the city of St. Louis and other river interests supported the principle of free navigation for boats, whereas Chicago and the railroad interests stood by the right of the railway users to build a bridge. Uh-huh. you got to have bridges across the rivers. Well, what would you think? <laughs> so anyway, Lincoln represented the Rock Island Bridge Company in the landmark case. He went to the river. He examined the rebuilt bridge. He measured the currents in the river. He interviewed rivermen, all based on his experience as a pilot. And at the trial, he argued that the steamboat had crashed into the river or into the bridge because of pilot error. And you know what? That's where they came up with the song "The Bridge Over Troubled Waters." <laughs> That's right. And this guy goofed. He hit the he hit the bridge. And he pointed, how do you go about hitting a bridge? Come on. Know. Anyway, he he pointed out that there was a need for travel from the east to the west. Well, the jury deadlocked and the court dismissed the case. So it, that, that was a landmark decision. So the train came to Kansas and the Great Plains and with the improvement of train technology plus the discovery of gold in California and because of the extreme difficulty of getting to California, there was an overwhelming demand for this transcontinental railroad. Mm-hmm. So now in 1853, Congress uh, called for a survey. Uh, they sent out teams of surveyors to explore the alternative routes and they actually considered four different routes at this time. From what point to from, what point? From back east somewhere. They that, could, that's, that kind of narrows, narrows it, down it down a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, because they actually considered a route up near the Canadian border. Really? That was a, a consideration. Way up there? Yeah. And then another one a little farther south, and then the one that where the Oregon Trail what, actually Biloxi, went. Mississippi? Or well, not quite that far south. Oh, okay. Well, actually, they did... Uh, have a thought of going across the desert south, clear over to California. Oh, really? Because so, of the hills and mountains? Because, I guess so, yeah. They thought that would be the best way to go. But oh. anyway, they finally decided on, of course, the, the practical route. And the one that they decided, of course, was uh, the one that where, it, where it went. But yeah. 1853, Dodge led a party of 14 men, including a cook and a hunter. And he hoped to make the Missouri before the snow fell. And anyway, as he went along, he saw the Indians and the things of the Old West. But um, Dodge crossed the Missouri on a flatboat, and on the western side, he had the party continue to scout while he went on ahead to examine the country to the Platte River Valley. And 25 miles uh, west, uh, Dodge went up the Platte. He looked around. He studied things. He uh, talked to people. Now, this is very important. He talked to uh, Indians. He talked to mountain men. He talked to people that had been going out along the Oregon Trail. And uh, he figured, okay, this is still the best route. Really? So anyway, he that winter he uh, settled down. He got married. He built a cabin. And in the next summer, in July of 1855, two exhausted and seriously men, uh, ill men rode up to Dodge's cabin on their horses, which had about had it. These guys had been surveying for the government from Washington Territory to the Missouri River. They had started with six men, but only he and another man had survived. 
and they had completed the survey. Now, six men surveying from the west coast to east, and only two of them survived. Now, that's got to tell you a little about how tough the surveyors had it. Wouldn't it have been easier? And, and I'm going to ask you a favor here. Can you stay over through the break, and we'll finish this story? i got a three-minute break at the bottom of the hour. Yeah, I'm about done. Well, uh, no, I'm not. i got a <laughs> lot of not? questions. Okay. But wouldn't it have been easier when you say survey from the west to the east, the line of sight, the line of plumb, if you will, wouldn't it have been easier to go and survey east to west? You know, you would think so. And and these guys actually started up in Washington, and of course the railroad went to Sacramento. So I I'm don't not, follow I'm why. I'm not quite sure why. I I, I just don't know. They uh, and maybe what they said was okay. Up in Washington is not the way to go. Because if you're going to start at another point from the wrong side of the compass, west to east, and east is already up against the Rocky Mountains, it would seem to me like you could miss. Right. And and as you as you look at the, as you follow the railroad, it went through the Sacramento, of course, through uh, uh, Nevada, through Elko, Winnemucca, over to Kelton, Utah, up into Wyoming, Green River, Laramie, Rollins, uh, over by Cheyenne, Sydney, and then North Platte, Grand Island to Council Bluffs. Yeah. So why they started clear up in Washington. I don't know. Maybe they have, See, I did give you a homework assignment. You did. There I'm you go. Find out what, the, what those what guys think. I, I don't understand the somebody out there that's an engineer, uh, and I don't mean pulling the throttle on a train. I'm talking about engineering, figuring things out. Why would they want to leave the direction that they're headed east to west and try to side it up out. from west to east? It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. To me, I agree with you. Oh. Yeah. Hang on a second. I'll tell you what, if you can stay for just a couple of minutes in the next half hour, we'll talk more about choo-choo trains. We held Dr. History over for a few moments to finish talking about choo-choo trains and and how the track was laid from east to west, but it wasn't all laid from east to west because somebody got the bright idea to do the surveying from west back to a point in the east, and, oh gosh, oops, they missed the train tracks by 10 miles. Isn't that what happened? You know, it, it's kind of amazing what, you know, you think about the surveyors and then yeah. the, the, who came along, I mean, the first guys to plan the route... And then the surveyors went along, and they, you know, as they went along, they wanted to avoid uh, major lakes and rivers. Well, now that would be a little problem, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. stream crossings uh, where they could put a bridge yeah. without obstructing the stream. Uh, then they had to make what they call cuts in the mountain or holes. Uh, yeah, and they. And they also wanted to avoid major snowstorms. Well, which yeah. obviously, <laughs> when you go to Sacramento. So, are you telling me that laying the track from uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, all the way to the West Coast was uh, really based on seasonal work? Well, they had to conti- continue. No, they continued all year round, but they wanted to avoid places where they had a lot of snowfall. Uh huh. Which, you know, well, still duh. going over the Sierras. Uh, that that way, bothers me. Yeah, they had to ha- have a lot of snow. But Doesn't it impress you, though, with the limited access to the technology, with the instruments and everything, that they did as good a job as they did? You know, they had no airplanes to work with. They didn't yeah. have uh, balloons, helicopters, uh, and really, they didn't really have that good of maps. Uh, so... It, you know, it was an amazing feat that they did here, uh, you know, to get all the way. Wow. Uh, one, one kind of funny thing happened. Uh, as they got to Promontory Point. Yeah, down in Utah. Yeah, I've was, been there. There was kind of a race yeah. to get there. And they actually overlapped 
the guys coming from the west kept going east. The guys from the east kept going west because they wanted to lay more track. Yeah. And so eventually they put them together. But, you know, for people that have not done that, when you're going to Salt Lake, just take off at that uh, Thiokol exit. Yep. Go down over there, and you can go over there. They have a nice museum. Yep. And in the summertime, they bring out the two replicas of the yep, trains exactly nose to nose yep. uh, they uh, it's a great place to how take much track could they lay in a day under good conditions how many miles or whatever you know i could tell you if i had enough time to look through this book but they moved uh oh gosh they moved pretty fast they did um about as fast as a man could walk yeah because you had the guys that were uh laying the laying the, the ties Pounding, uh, putting the rail on, Put really the about, as, in. about as fast as you, uh, a man could walk. The guys that impressed me with the uh, re-characterization of what they did and everything were the guys that drove the steel. These guys, I can imagine a lot of guys got killed or injured just doing that. Yeah, I mean, who's the, you hope whoever's swinging that sledgehammer... Uh, has good eyesight. Well, you just hope old Bernie didn't go out on a party the night before. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to find where how much they laid oh, in a day, okay. and I can't. Oh, here we go. Uh, Chinese working in shifts, eight hours per day, three shifts, twenty-four hours. Uh, let's see. One would hold the rock drill against the granite. Oh, this is when they were making the the tunnels. The holes through that the tunnels. Yeah. Tunnels. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's amazing feat, but uh, when it was finished. Did it last forever? Is it still there? You know the original. The, no, down in Kelton, there's no uh, uh, in Kelton, Utah. They've bypassed that now. Are there any of the original tracks left anywhere in the United States? I would bet there's not. Really? Why? Just because I, I think the upgrading and uh, you know the way they can automatically almost replace ties in the railroad. Uh, I know people that have worked for the railroad and they have yeah. these machines, and you've seen them. Probably. I've seen them. Yeah. And they go along, and the manual labor is so much. Uh, but they really less. did not, or have not, replaced the original route, though, right? No, no. In a lot of places, it's it is the original route. The original route. Yeah. Holy smokes. But an amazing feat, uh, you know. And then, uh, what about the building up of the rail bed itself with all the gravel and the dirt and everything? How'd they do that? And that was done, I think, by those uh, uh, those dump scoops that you pull behind a horse. Oh uh, my goodness! Remember, really? Uh, I can't remember what those are called. Dump. Yeah. Uh, you That's know, your homework assignment. I'll find out what that was called. <laughs> Pulled by horse dumper scoopers or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Dump yeah. Yeah. So. Amazing that the railroad, and it's basically, like you said, on the same path yeah. today. Now, now, the Trans-Canadian Railroad, uh, the Transcontinental was the longest, I think, at the time. And then the Trans-Canadian was right in there somewhere, and I think it went a little longer. And then the longest was the Trans-Siberian over in Russia. Really? So that is the took the place of the longest uh, Transcontinental Railroad. Wow. Trans-Siberian, yeah. Isn't it amazing, though, that if it hadn't been for people like Dodge and others, uh, where would we be or where would this country be had they not taken the initiative to try to build a railroad? Well, and then you look at things like the Panama Canal. Oh, my. You know, there's yeah. just uh, so many things that have taken place to really to unite this country. If there was not a railroad today or an airport or any means of getting from point A to point B, and somebody came up to you and said, okay, Dr. History, we want you to build a railroad, would you take the financial hazards and headaches and try to do it? You know, I've got to admire the people that did put 
put forth their own money sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, and then uh, the people uh, st- started building homes and towns next to these railroads. Yeah. They didn't know for sure if the, ta- the railroad was even going to stay there. Yeah, look at the livestock industry. It was dependent upon that there, railroad. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. What are you going to talk about next week? Oh, that's a good question. That's why I asked. <laughs> I'll know next Monday. Now, how about a little bit of history from right here in the southern part of the state of Idaho? Let's have something here. You got something? Okay. You know, I, I do have a source that I'll see what I can okay. find. May I extend to you and your family a very, very happy and blessed Thanksgiving? Thank you, Zeb. It's, uh, we've got a few kids coming, and we're going to... Some of my brothers and uh, sister and nieces and nephews. Everybody so. get along well? Pretty good, yeah. We Do don't they? fight too much. Really? Have you, have you made a kind of an overture to the police to watch your address? I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are you going to have cutting the turkey? Well, we're only going to have about, a, about eight or ten. Eight or ten. But then brothers and sister you know we'll all get together oh that's great here and there so yeah it's good and so thanksgiving uh wishes to you and everybody else and we'd like to thank the listeners all across the literal world for tuning into this right we do it's uh it's a fun show to do and and i hope they enjoy listening as much as we enjoy doing what about the folks in china are they still listening they are we have a lot of people in china still listening every week and they send you letters or anything uh you know i haven't gotten any for a while yet I so, uh, but uh, we appreciate them. Of, of the 110 qu- uh, countries, and I'm just going to ask you this, and then I got to do a commercial break and get things rolling. Of the 110 countries that have listened to this segment of Doctor History, what's the most weird or most uh, interesting country that you've followed up on? Well, I would say we get a lot of listeners from Brazil. Really. And also the United Arab Emirates. Oh, my United goodness. United Arab Emirates. Emirates. Yeah. And I don't know if, because I think there's uh, military people there. Oh. Or, uh, you know, but we get a lot of listeners from there, which I, I'm not quite sure why. Wow. Well, after they heard me mess you up on the railroads, we probably <laughs> diminished that a little bit. Yeah. But once again, Deanne and I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Well, you too, Zeb. Hope you have a great day. God bless you. You too. Thank, Thank you. you much. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.